0: Steelers fans, you wanted an external hire to the coaching staff. You didn't want the Steelers to promote anyone anymore. And well, you're definitely getting that at the offensive line coaching position because Chris Morgan is no longer with the team. He's going to the Chicago Bears to be their offensive line coach, which means now with with him and Adrian Clem out the way, there's got to be a new hire. And I know what everyone's thinking what about mike munchak we'll explore that in today's locked on steelers episode i'm your host chris carter joining me today it's going to be josh taylor from kdka and 93.7 the fan he's going to be talking with me about that possibility and the big topic that everyone's talking about the nfl what about the Rooney rule what about black head coaches in the nfl the steelers have the only one right now in mike tomlin and i feel like that's pretty relevant to the conversation we'll talk about that right here on this episode And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. Hit the like button on this YouTube video if you're watching it. Subscribe to the YouTube channel for all of our free daily content available to you on YouTube. If you want to help out the show, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a positive comment, and you'll get a special shout-out at the end of an episode. And don't forget, we thank you for being making the locked on steelers podcast your first listen every day today's episode is brought to you by get upside just download the free get upside app and use promo code touchdown and you can get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank we'll tell you more about that deal in a minute joining me is a recurring guest our friend our man josh taylor you see him on kdk tv you see him on 93.7 the fan josh taylor's everywhere and he's back on the locked on steelers podcast what's up josh
1: I'm hanging out at home this time around. I actually, get to relax for a change. Um, I'm I'm doing I'm doing the dad work today. I'm on dad duty. Little man, he's on. Other, little he's, man's he's in the other day. room sleeping. So I'm 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 hoping I don't wake him <laughs> up. So I'll try to keep my my reactions measured so I don't wake him up while he's sleeping in the other room. Other than I'm that, good. man, I'm excellent. I'm ready to go
0: all right well let's get right down to it now the big story of the day for the Steelers particularly while they're down at the senior bowl and listen we will talk about the senior bowl on Friday we're going to talk about players that they're looking at who you should be ready to watch in the senior bowl all that good stuff but I feel like there's a lot of coaching stuff to be talked about right now because a lot of Steelers fans they've they've missed Mike Munchak as the Steelers offensive line coach you know he when he was with the Steelers from 2014 to 2018 those were some of the best offensive line years this team had seen um in a long time and that and, and you know and when he left for, for the denver broncos there was a lot of talk about it was this reason it was that reason and that led to the steelers promoting sean sarah that didn't it didn't work out well for them they promoted adrian clem who was sean serrett's assistant he left in the middle of his first season um and then chris morgan took over as adrian clem's assistant is the interim offensive line coach to, to finish the season and people were happy with those results people were like okay there's some there's some stuff there and you know a lot of people have Josh, you know, we've we we talked about this in other episodes that you've been on here. There's a lot of people who poo-poo, who downplay, who say, Oh, you can't, you know, stop making internal hires. That's the whole reason that your coaching staff stinks. And you and I have dispelled that myth. It's not just internal coaching hires that are a problem. It's, you know, because oftentimes there's internal coaching hires that really work out for you, like Dick Lebeau. But Chris Morgan was thought to be the guy. Well, that's gone now he was hired away by the chicago bears as their offensive line coach not their assistant offensive line coach their actual offensive line coach so that's one thing that it's like oh what was what did they make a mistake because they hired the guy that everyone said the steelers would be bad for for making an internal hire it's why that whole thing was a myth in the first place is that it's listen everybody at some point is an external hire and then if you bring them into the system and they know your organization that just means that they earned their place on in the organization, and now you're giving them their shot at the position that they came here to be.
1: It's weird because the one thing that you could point out to this season that probably flies in the face of public perception is that the Steelers had more depth in their coaching ranks than they probably had on the roster.
0: Hmm. I never thought about that, but you're absolutely <laughs> and, right.
1: And, I mean, if you if you look at it, for if you, if you step back and take the wide-angle view, the, the, just look at the position coaches that they had, Mike Sullivan. Yeah. Chris Morgan,
0: yeah,
1: Terrell Austin. These are guys that have all coached other teams and mm-hmm. gone to, and in Mike Sullivan's case, multiple Super Bowls. Yeah, in Terrell Austin's case, multiple Super Bowls. Chris Morgan's case, multiple Super Bowls. Um, and You have another guy in Carl Dunbar who's coached for a handful of different organizations and in college. Mm-hmm. This might be one of the most experienced staffs this organization's ever had. But you hear other people talk about it. Oh, more unexperienced people, more inside hires. Probably people probably didn't even know Mike Sullivan coached Eli Manning when he won two Super Bowls in New York. They probably, probably had not. no idea. Probably had no clue. There's probably people who don't know Terrell Austin went to pit, if you mm-hmm. want to be 100% and mm-hmm. keep it funky right now. But the truth of the matter is that a guy like Chris Morgan, who's actually a pretty good coach, I thought the irony of him being hired away by Chicago um, was that I thought he would be a guy that would fit well with Matt Canada's offense as far as the scheme that he would want to use. I also thought it was kind of ironic, and I'm sure we'll jump to this in a second, talking about Mike Munchak. Um, you know, the uh, Broncos hire Nathaniel Hackett to be their mm-hmm. new coach. Right. Well, he's going to run an offense that's going to probably be more zone-based, and Mike Munchak probably doesn't fit that to the T. So I thought that was kind of ironic too. It's just funny how, you know, the the dominoes fall as far as hires go. But Chris Morgan, I thought, would be a guy that would fit as far as what they wanted to do running the football. And if you're going to have a guy who's helping your offensive line get better on the football, why not have a guy who was a running game coordinator, an offensive line coach for another professional team that just happened to make a Super Bowl in Atlanta? Now, granted, what happened during that Super Bowl is an entirely (laughs) different story. We'll leave that alone. But. The thought of Chris Morgan actually having the opportunity to be the guy here was something I was okay with. Granted, Mm -hmm. I also knew Chris Morgan's background long before his name was brought into the discussion because some of us actually do our homework. Mm -hmm. So to see him go to Chicago isn't as surprising when you see what Chicago has done. Matt Eberflus has hired Luke Getzey, Munhall kid, by the way, Mm -hmm. getting the opportunity as the OC. He brings in Chris Morgan. Um, Luke Getzey kind of comes to that same kind of lineage if you're looking through. Um, the the Matt Lafleur's and all that other stuff. He's been Green Bay for a while, so he's part of that lineage with that offense too. Probably a little bit of a Shanahan influence there. So then bringing in Chris Morgan is not that surprising at all. It didn't shock me in the least bit. No, yeah, it it does bring a, a different kind of moment here for the for the Steelers because now it's like you go from having a guy who was experienced as an offensive line coach, so now you have to start all over again to find one. So you know, I, I'm really intrigued by how he does in Chicago. The responses in Chicago are largely positive, which I thought was good because between people that are in Chicago and people that, you know, talk a lot about offensive lines or study offensive lines and look at the tape, they all say the same thing. Hey, Chris Morgan's offensive line coach isn't half bad. Like the lines he in Atlanta were actually pretty good. I'd love to have a center like the center he had in Atlanta. It'd be nice to have him mm-hmm. your roster. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of positive responses there, which kind of made me laugh because it's just like, Yeah, it it helps when you actually know the person that you're dealing with as opposed to an entire city who didn't. So, you know, maybe it's the best thing for Chris Morgan where he's in a situation where, you know, A, he fits what they want to do, and B, I think his experience, you know, suits what they want, and, and C, I think he'll be appreciated there.
0: It'll be a good question to see if he's appreciated there, but I think where everyone is looking for appreciation is for Mike Munchak to return to the Pittsburgh Steelers as the offensive line coach. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but as josh said it looks like it's a possibility we're going to talk about that possibility in just a minute here on the locked on steelers podcast but first i got to tell you more about get upside one of our great sponsors steelers fans this is chris Carter with incredible app Everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are, are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. All you have to do to do that is just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Be sure to use the promo code Touchdown, and you'll get 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up, and that's cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the, free, the app for free and use promo code Touchdown for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars or $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get that $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Again, that's promo code TOUCHDOWN on the GetUpside app. here on the locked on steelers podcast i'm chris carter here with josh taylor we're continuing to explore the conversation of mike munchak's potential return to the pittsburgh steelers now josh you know this was something that steelers fans have wanted in a while but one thing i want steelers fans to understand is that when mike munchak came to the steelers in 2014 he wasn't inheriting a, a line with two guys coming off rookie seasons, drafted in the middle rounds. He wasn't inheriting you know an offensive line that you know maybe their best players, Kevin Dotson. He inherited Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, Marcus Gilbert, Ramon Foster, and I believe he inherited Kelvin Beachum. Then eventually that became Alejandro Villanueva. But the point being, he inherited at least those four guys in their prime, two of those guys, first round picks, another of those guys in Gilbert, a second round pick. That that crew it certainly got better under Munchak. I'm not minimizing what he did, but part of what made Munchak's time in Pittsburgh special was how he got the most out of those top-tier offensive linemen that the Steelers drafted.
1: I think that was probably the, the perfect storm, if you will. Yeah. Like we mentioned, two first round picks in DeCastro and Pouncey, a second round pick in Gilbert, a guy Ramon Foster, who was kind of a diamond in the rough that they found in yeah, Green. He was,
0: was undrafted.
1: He was an undrafted free agent. And, I mean, you want to talk about diamonds in the rough and you want to talk about getting the most out of somebody. They probably got more than they can squeeze out of Ramon Foster. I think that's one of those guys where if you look at the length of his career and how long he played and how well he played, he might be the most impressive one out of that group just from the term of what they were able to do with him for so long when I don't think he was expected to be around for that long. So, yeah, he's one of the guys that I appreciate probably more than most people do. And you're right. I mean, when you turn to Kelvin Beachum, who's – whose career kind of, you know, took another turn, but still managed to get a good longevity at his career too, and he's considered an undersized tackle. So, yeah, Mike Munchak walks in and really gets the most out of this group, you know, despite the fact that, you know, it it might not have shown in postseason success. It might not have shown as far as winning Super Bowls, but then again, your offensive line can't do everything. It's not fully their job. But as far as getting the performance out of the offensive line that you want from the group that you have – it was clo- as close to an ideal situation as you could possibly find. Really good drafting, really good scouting, and then you bring in expert, expert technique from a guy, who Hall of mm-hmm. Fame caliber player, who had already done it and was able to take that and teach it to other people. It's not something you can find everywhere, especially from a guy who's actually done it. It's one thing when a guy's seeking you something, and it's another thing when it's a guy who's actually done it at a high level. You're going to listen to that guy before anybody else. Right. I mean, if you can find the guy who created your computer and how to fix it, you're going to listen to the guy who made your computer on how to fix it. It's not going to be anything <laughs> different. For example, when when my car, I, I literally just got in a car accident over the weekend, just bought a new car. I took it to the dealership to get fixed. I'm going to let the people that can find the parts and do it faster, I'm going to go to those guys because they got the stuff that can probably make my car run a lot faster and a lot quicker than other places to do. That's nothing against other garages. There's nothing against other mechanics that can do certain jobs. But I'd rather go to the guys that can get the access to the stuff I need in a quicker time period to get back out on the road as soon as I can. And I think that's kind of the same thing as far as the quality of Mike Munchak brings to the table. He is an offensive line coach who has played the position at a ridiculously high level. So when that guy talks, you will listen as far as what to do, and those results will show pretty quickly.
0: No, I agree. That, that 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 those are results that 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 speak pretty loudly, and that I think most Steelers fans would be willing to you know willing to see again. Uh, but I also think Steelers fans should you know prepare themselves for these for these results to not be immediate. It's going to take time to mold them. And I know some are thinking like, "What happened to the great offensive lines before?" It's like, dog, again, you you drafted Marquise Pouncy who. Is in consideration to maybe be in the Hall of Fame someday. You drafted David DeCastro, was one of the best guards in the NFL for a decade. You know, you drafted Marcus Gilbert, who's one of the most underrated guards during, or excuse me, tackles during that 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 decade. You're drafted, you drafted, you had, you found Ramon Fonseca. So many things lined up for you. Like I said, the perfect storm to make that situation. It wasn't a guaranteed thing, but do I think that they, it's a good thing if they go get Mike Muncha? Absolutely. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying that don't expect him to walk in and just resurrect the offensive line. And all of a sudden they're a top five unit in a single year. Um, Even if, even if they go and sign a Teron Armstead draft, Tyler Lindenbaum, and, you know, maybe sign another guy in free agency or draft another top tackle or something. I, I think that this is going to be a group that needs to grow together and learn how to play together. And Mike Munchak can certainly help with that. He can he can help you know bring the best out of some guys. Yeah, but his
1: name is Mike Munchak. It's not Annie Sullivan. Like that's not let's not confuse <laughs> Two different historical figures.
0: <laughs> they are two very different figures. But uh point being um it's certainly an an option it's been indicated that Mike Munchak won't return to Denver and so it'll be really interesting to see you know you know Josh one other thing when when Mike Munchak left there was a lot of noise that oh you know he's he's leaving because he can't stand Mike Tomlin and he's leaving because he can't stand the Steelers locker room and he just wants to get away from that and then there were people that were like with sources, they're like no he's leaving because his family's out there and now his family's and now he can't have a job there so I do think it's reasonable to ask would he return in this situation?
1: Wait, you mean to tell me that the, the guy who hired the offensive line coach would be the reason why he leaves? Well, that doesn't make any sense. then <laughs> You'd have to acknowledge that he was a Mike Tomlin hire. Oh, ah! I was told that Mike Tomlin doesn't hire good assistant
0: coaches. Ah, that's true. You were, we've all been told that. It's funny, it's funny how that works. It's funny how that works.
1: It, it would be, it would be the ideal. I mean, it, and it's, I don't want to say it's a situation that falls in your lap, but a lot of things go right at the right time. And if you were to have that happen, yeah, it would be a fantastic situation. I would, would never deny that. But it does come down to, I mean, Mike Munchak, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. He's what, in his 60s now? Yeah, 61, 61. 62 years old? You get to a certain point point, you're like, all right. And and this is not just – I'm not just saying this from a perspective of just maybe he doesn't want to coach. I'm saying there's a perspective for, of the defensive coordinator who just retired. And he's saying the same thing. Like, look, I got grandkids. I want to spend time with my family. I've been coaching my whole life. I've been around football my whole life. I'm ready to move into the next phase of my life. So if you're Mike Munchak, do you still feel like you want to coach football longer? Because last three years, yeah, he had the best of both worlds being in Denver. He can be around his family and still do that job and be around the game that he loves. But now you're talking about trying to stay immersed in that game and going back to the situation you were in before you had the best of both worlds. Do you still have enough in the tank where you want to go back and do that? Because you imagine if he signs on, you're talking about, what, three-, four-year contracts? So he's talking about doing this into his mid-60s, maybe into his late-60s. Are you ready to make that kind of commitment? Because that's what teams are looking for when they bring a guy in as a head coach, or as not head coach, but a position coach. You're looking for somebody that can put you know a handful of years together as far as commitment because teams never look at anything year to year. They never look at, okay, this this season and this season only. No, they're looking at the players that they have and the guys that they'll be there next year and the guys that will be there the year after that and the year after that. Here's the fun part to drop in about this team there aren't many guys that are under contract a couple of years down the road from now. Yeah. So they're in a very unique position, kind of a sidebar. They're in a very unique position to shape a roster that they can both have around for the immediate, but also the long term future if things break in a certain direction. So all those things come together. And you wonder if you can bring in a guy who's ready to be a part of that. And if Mike Munchak is, by all means, make him the guy. If not, maybe he's thinking more year to year, maybe more short term. Maybe he's not the fit. And it I don't think it would be – I don't think it would be any shade against uh, the Rooney's. I don't think it would be shade against Mike Tomlin. I think it's just a fact of a man, a man who's in his 60s who's been around football for the majority of his life and might be ready to move on to something else. And if he is, I got nothing but respect for that. But, yes – in terms of him coming back to coach this offensive line, of course you'd love to see it happen. Is it possible? He might be the one that tells us. But yeah, for all intents and purposes, I'd love to see it
0: happen. Same here. I, I think it would be it would be a great move. But here's the other thing: is that we also don't know who else is out there. There's so many. There's so many offensive line assistant coaches. Like the bear. Like if you go and read like the comment section or tweets from Bears fans who are like, "Huh." Chris Morgan, Steelers. That sounds great. Steelers, they have great offensive lines. They, the Bears don't know. Bears fans don't know, you know what the Steelers' offensive line went through this last year. They don't even know how many games that he was the actual offensive line coach for for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Some people are saying, oh, he's been with the Steelers for 14 years. No! He was there for a year, and he was under Adrian Clements like the last three games. Like, <laughs> But again, fans are fans. It's not their job to know this thing. It's our job. That's why we do, that's why we do what we do. But... Um, that's certainly something that we will keep track of if it does happen it will be a big deal we will talk about it uh, when it's official if it's official for the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward but I I still want to talk to you, Josh, about this Mike Tomlin situation. It's not really the Mike Tomlin situation. It's the Brian Flores situation because he has sued the NFL for his situation. And I know some Steelers fans are listening. Well, wait a second. What does that have to do with the Steelers? Well, it does have a lot to do with the Steelers because the legacy of Dan Rooney, who came up with the Rooney rule that was changed, that was trying to help to get more minority coaches, more opportunities to be head coaches in the NFL. it's, It's seemingly being used against itself by organizations out there trying to kind of do the runaround on it. I want to talk about that situation with you because you have a great history on how NFL coaching has worked over the years, the problems that have come with this and where we are today and why Mike Tomlin is the last or the only, excuse me, black NFL head coach right now. In, in the league, but we got to take a break first. When we we'll be we, we, we right back on that in just a minute. I know I, te- I teased you really hard there, Josh. I am so sorry. I saw, ready to go, I, got, man. I, I saw, I, I, saw your, I saw your face. I saw your I face, have but, a mind working, <laughs> but first, we got to talk about betonline.net. Bet online is there might be less football being played right now because the Super Bowl is on its way, but BetOnline.net is has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season, from scores to totals to player performance props to where the next coach, next fired coach, might be able to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. And BetOnline, where the game stops. We're also brought to you by RockAuto.com. Save time and money when visiting Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump it can be $353 if you go to the chain store, but if you go to rockauto.com, it's just $216. You're saving yourself so much money by visiting rockauto.com. Rockauto is a family owned business serving do it yourselfers for over 20 years. Rockauto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could possibly need from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpet. And If you go explore their easy to use website today you'll find the solution for your auto part needs regardless of your car go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck but be sure to write locked on in there how did you hear about us box that they know that we sent you amazing selection reliable low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com today now we do a double ad reads we keep it rolling josh so let's keep it rolling and get to this topic that i teased you really hard on and it was about about the nfl coaching situation so for those steelers fans who might not be in the know let's quickly summarize or summarize this uh, how this situation has played out with brian flores uh of course brian flores fired by the Miami Dolphins there was a lot of questions there because he had he had put together the only two winning seasons from the Miami Dolphins in back to back years since 2002 2003 something like that he he did that and that was despite all the chaos going on around him with quarterback situations and all these rumors It was rough and somehow he got fired and then he was he kind of went out quietly he was interviewing with other places and then all of a sudden this lawsuit emerges with the added evidence that basically he had texted his former head coach bill belichick of the patriots and bill belichick was congratulating him on getting the giants job and he's like coach i interviewed there thursday and bill belichick's like what are you talking about he's like "He's, he's like you already got the job that's what i heard and then he says wait a minute are 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 you talking do you know you're talking to me or are you talking to Brian DeBall who already, who, who also interviewed there and bill Belichick lets out an expletive. And he's just like, Oh, I messed up, man. <laughs> like, 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 this is, this is totally on me. Um, and, in that, in that moment, and Brian Flores gets the He said, thank you, Bill. And, and that's where this lawsuit comes from. That basically he had not even interviewed for the giants job, but he was being used by the giants to circumvent the Rooney Rule to get him because they now the Rooney Rule says you have to you have to interview two co two players or two uh, candidates of color to get them a chance to enter when you're when you're on a head coaching search. So they had done what a lot of people had guessed and rumored and assumed for years. The NFL teams were doing like it was a joke when the when when the Cowboys brought in Marvin Lewis. Everyone knew it was like they don't want Marvin Lewis. They're doing this just to get Mike McCarthy in, and there was no evidence to it. But here you have evidence. They had already picked their head coach, Bill Belichick, who's in the know about everything, knew about it, and accidentally texted the wrong Brian because they share the same name and they were both coaches under him. Josh, to me, this is a further sign that the Rooney Rule, as good as his intentions were, as 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 much as you want the as it's cool to have Dan Rooney's legacy attached to an effort to to you know bring equality, bring equity, and bring serious equal opportunity to black coaches in the NFL. It's it's clear it's not working
1: i got a whole bunch of one-liners i can have just about the situation i'll limit it to one rules are meant to be broken apparently in the nfl (laughs) showing you that yeah Yeah. that might be the best way to ever give an example of rules being meant to be broken the rooney rule is right there because people keep finding new ways to just they they dance around it seriously? You you'd think they you you think seriously they were in a movie with Kevin Bacon 40 years ago. That's how much they're <laughs> trying to dance around this thing. I I I can look at this from three different perspectives. The simplest one I can come up with, and Chris, if if, if I'm hitting the nerve, I'm sorry, we could just say ouch and keep it moving. If you are a black man living in this country at any point in your lifetime, you have probably been up for a job that you were not hired for, that you were probably qualified for. And a bunch of people probably had your back for it, and They probably hired for somebody else for some odd reason other than the fact that they were the best candidate. So I imagine that there are people who have looked at this and they're like, yep, I've been there. I can tell you this, honestly, I, There, there's. I can tell you this honestly. I can tell you of at least one current employer that I work for where I've been in that situation. And ah. you know what? You kind of just shrug it off and keep it moving. You really have no choice. But from Brian Flores's point of view, I, I can understand why this is such a-, a-, a troubling thing. And that's not just from the situation with the Giants. That's the situation with the Dolphins as well. Yeah, I think when yeah. I talked about the situation, David Cully was a guy who got hired by the Texans, was one of three black coaches before this season started. It was David mm. Culley, Brian Flores, and Mike Tomlin. David Culley was pretty much hired to be fired. We
0: knew. Yep. That's all it was. How, how, how do you take a man who got four wins, I believe? Four wins. They are not the number one draft right there because that team is better. Than, he got that team to outperform. it. Yeah. That should have been the worst team. They should have gone 0-17. They were terrible. Without Deshaun Watson, without any hope, Davis Mills was starting at quarterback. And he got them, and he got fired. Again. Like Brian, and this goes to what Brian Flores is talking about because Brian Flores, in his lawsuit, alleges and, and brings forth and is saying he has evidence that says the Dolphins offered to pay him a hundred thousand dollars for every loss that he had when he took the job, and he refused to do that. He wanted to make sure that his team that his team could compete, and in two of those years they did. And then it's crazy. Hugh Jackson, another former Black NFL head coach, said he was given the same offer by the Cleveland Browns, where he led them to a winless season reason it's something that could seems to be a thing where all these guys they have me black and they happen to be put in situations where you're brought there to fail you're paid you're paid a little bit more money and then they send you off and bring in the guy that they say they really want and and I, i think what flores is trying to do he's trying to be like you know what i may never coach in this league again but we th- this has to stop this lie that you actually want to diversify the league it's a lie and and, and as much as maybe dan rooney's and, and well dan rooney is gone of course but our rooney the the rooney family They've been at the forefront of this fight for a long time. They were the first ever organization to hire a black assistant coach in the NFL and Lowell Perry. They were they were the first ever uh, You know, Tony Dungy when he got his he got his first start coaching in the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That went up led, led to him being the first ever black NFL head coach to win a Super Bowl. The second coach to do so was Mike Tomlin still is is, is employed by the Pittsburgh Steelers, despite what everyone keeps saying. Not everyone. Excuse me. I don't want to put that on all Steelers fans but there's a loud contingent of Steelers fans who say that he should be fired because he doesn't win enough Super Bowls, even though the only active head coach with more Super Bowl wins is Bill Belichick. I won't even get into all of that again. But the point is, is Brian Flores is pointing at an obvious problem that people like me, people like you, people that people of color in sports and not of color, there's a lot of white people that say it too, that says this is an obvious problem that NFL owners and people who make these decisions will not do by themselves. They're not going to solve this. They'll say, "But put in racism in the end zone. They'll say, oh, they, oh, oh, you know, we, we love to fight racism and we want to be kumbaya and all these things, but it's they do not put their money where their mouth is. They do not put their decisions where their mouth is. Inspire and, change. Inspi- inspire change. They want to do all these things, but they won't actually do it. And Brian Flores' lawsuit is like, you know what? If you won't, I'm going to at least, I may lose this lawsuit. I think that, I'm not sure if Brian Flores has what it takes to win the lawsuit itself because he's got to prove collusion. And that's very tough to do. Smoking gun arguments and employment discrimination. I went to law school. I took a seminar on employment discrimination. That is very tough to do. His best... His best path is probably trying to prove disparate impact. I'm not going to get into legal theory on you guys. That's uh, that's a boring conversation. But point well, is, is sure. tell, but I don't think he's doing it to win money. I don't think he's doing this lawsuit to to to, to say, I'm going to become a millionaire. I'm going to become this. I think he's doing it because he's just like, this is happening to all of us. All of the black coaches that are trying to make our way in this career. And we meet these roadblocks and then we can't talk about them because when we do, we're labeled crybabies and people that want to the system, and then we're well, pushing. Just- Football. Out of uh, and, and that you're bad at football. You don't care about football. You don't love football. Things like that. And to me, this is uh, this is a heroic move on my part for Brian Flores, and it has the potential to shake things up in the NFL because now they're in the spotlight. Uh, just two days ago, they were thinking, "Oh, hey, Tom Brady's retiring. Super Bowl's happening. Everything's great. We're talking about things we want to do." Now you're not, and you're talking about, "Oh crap! that this rule that we put in place that we thought would solve everything that we knew it wasn't doing anything?" do we need to change this again and make it make force actual decisions to change
1: Uh, i'll drop this one on you because you're you're you've grown up in in the same generation i did so you've probably heard this same speech from your parents or if you're in my case maybe your grandparents about having to work twice as hard to get twice get twice twice as hard to get half as far
0: yep
1: nfl coaches are no different and and honestly i can understand why brian flores would be frustrated and kind of insulted by the thought of being asked to lose games just to improve your draft status, because regardless of why you choose to lose games or whether or not you did it on purpose, those still go in the record book as losses, which means yep. they count against Brian Flores' coaching record. Yep. Which means if he were to leave the Dolphins at any point after those seasons were over, if people see all those losses against him, they're yeah. gonna be like, well, clearly he Why would to we ever hire that guy? Lost so many games. So how does that help Brian Flores' own career development? It, it comes back to the whole situation where you, you see some of these coaches were just literally set up to fail. I put Hugh Jackson in that boat. I put David Cully in that boat. And there are so many people that I keep hearing talking. It's almost like they want that situation for Mike Tomlin. And I'm telling them, wait a second, he's with an organization that actually does promote some, you know, semblance of actual continuity and solidarity and stability. He's actually the one guy who's with the organization that's not going to do something crazy like hiring David Kelly to fire him or hiring Brian Flores or Hugh Jackson to make them lose games. They're going to hire him because they think he can actually help them win, which brings us all the way back to midway during the season when there was speculation about USC and college football jobs and Mike Tomlin was asked about it and why he shot it down Mm -hmm. the way he did because he wanted to remove all doubt from the situation. Why do you think he referred to that job as one of the best jobs in professional sport? Because he has an ownership group that actually believes in him and wants him to have a stable work environment to be in in order to foster a better environment to, to grow a team with, to grow an organization. He's been put in that position, and he knows well enough to know that not many coaches are put in there. How do we know this? Because his own mentor, Tony Dungy, who helped him break into the game and coaching in the NFL, whom he coached under as a position coach in Tampa Bay, was soon forced out of Tampa Bay. John Gruden comes in and wins the Super Bowl with the easiest possible scenario you can Mm -hmm. possibly think of for a head coach. And I could list it out, but that would take an entirely other show to do it. So Mike Tomlin's seen it up close. He's seen how quickly you can be replaced for the next guy no matter how good you are, no matter what your pedigree is, and no matter how much people like you, you can be forced out. At any point, and the next guy can come in and reap the benefits. It does not matter. So you better believe he appreciates the situation that he's in in Pittsburgh. Why would you go to college football when a lot of coaches don't finish out the first contract they sign? And boosters and ADs can write seven-figure checks to buy them out on their way out the door. Why would you want to do that when you can be in a situation where you have some kind of stability and continuity? I keep hearing people say, oh, there's got to be time to get rid of Tomlin, right? No, he just got an extension less than a year ago. Mm
0: -hmm. He's
1: not going anywhere. And there's a reason why he wants to stay here because he found the one owner in the entire league that's willing to stick with him come hell or high water because in the NFL, let's not kid ourselves. They are few and far between. I got to this topic this past week on 93.7 The Fan because I heard mm-hmm. someone ask me, what makes Mike Tomlin such a great coach? So how many great coaches are there in the NFL? How many are there? Maybe half a dozen? Maybe if you want to start to list the criteria. What's the criteria that makes you a great coach, by the way? Because I don't know if there is one. But if you're talking about a criteria to create one, he probably is just as close as anybody else, probably closer than all but what, two guys? That's it. Literally all but two guys. That's all. So mm-hmm. we're talking about great coaches in the league because the turnover – with 16 to 18 teams in three-year cycles is so heavy, that leaves to probably 12 to 14 that at least retain coaches at somewhat of a consistent level over time. The other, the other two-thirds of the league are still trying to catch up and figure out what they're doing wrong because for some odd reason, and the past couple of seasons has been completely emblematic of it, if you want to call it racism, fine, if you want to call it systemic, fine, if you want to call it just following the trend, that might make the most sense. But this league in the past couple of years has gotten to this big trend of let's hire white offensive minded coaches under the age of 40. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps happening. There's a reason why we saw, you know, a couple of jobs vacated that were held by black coaches that haven't been filled yet. There's a reason why there's one left because they're the league right now is trending towards young offensive minded white coaches. I keep getting that question. Well, Mike Tomlin can't be that great of a coach. his coaching tree isn't that good. Well, that's because much of his coaching tree is either his age or they're mm-hmm. black like he is. That's the yeah. reason. That's why they're not getting hired, because they want young white men for some odd reason. And the weird part about it is a lot of it's not working out. You finally, they two two teams finally found guys that it's working with, one in Zach Taylor and one in Sean McVay. But I'd make the argument that Zach Taylor found a quarterback that got him there because he finally found the one thing that people love to criticize Mike Tombo. Well, he only won games because he found the Hall of Fame quarterback. There's literally two that have won more than one Super Bowl without a Hall of Fame quarterback. Bill Parcells and Joe Gibbs. Find a better argument. But you yeah. find you got Zach Taylor and Sean McVay. Well, in Taylor's case, he's got a good young quarterback. They put a good young core together and they've built that organization, in, which in Cincinnati has not been easy to do in the past mm-hmm. few decades. They've actually done that. Then you have the Rams, whom in my opinion, are the most NFL-like you know, comparison to the Penguins. They've got a lot of talent at the top of their roster. They don't need to use first-round picks because they're going to pick in the lower half anyway. you got all this talent, you're going to pick in the bottom half because you're going to be going to the playoffs every other year, if not every year. So what do they do? Move those first-round picks, bring in more talent, and load this roster up. So now you've got these two young coaches with really young cores of talent coaching in a Super Bowl. When's the last time that happened? Oh wait, it was Mike Tomlin. Is mm-hmm. it it's starting to set in for some people now? This whole thing of you got to find the young coach and do all this stuff and, and let let's do what this team does. Let's 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 find the Belichick assistant that hasn't been hiring. Let's find this or let's follow this trend. Let's follow this trend. You know what the irony is to hiring the former Belichick assistant, guys like Bill O'Brien and Josh McDaniels and Matt Patricia and mm-hmm. Eric Mangini and Joe Judge who really have not had much success. The only guy out of that group, by the way, that has a ring record is Bill O'Brien at 52 and 48. McDaniels, Patricia Mangini, Judge, all losing records. Mm -hmm. You know who is the exception that disproves the rule of Belichick assistants not being good head coaches? Brian Flores. Mm -hmm. He's the guy that disproved the rule. And he's the one in the center of all this. It makes absolutely no sense. So when you boil it all down, if you try to take every piece of evidence and try to make sense of it, that means NFL owners are at worst, at worst using racist hiring practices or at best, they have no idea what they're doing <laughs> and neither scenario is a good look. That's the problem. You, and, and the thing is, uh, you, you cannot use, uh, I'm sick of people trying to use the a few the, a few good men. My client is a moron. That's not against the law of defense. <laughs> You, you can't use that in this situation no, because you can't. we're we're led to believe that NFL owners are, are owned by, by rich people, billionaires, whom apparently are smart in their own right or intelligent or great business owners in their own right. So you need to tell you mean to tell me that you got 20, a couple dozen supposedly smart rich owners in this room, and none of them can try to figure out how to hire a coach that can run their organization right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they keep having the same problem year after year supposedly smart business owners that know how to turn out revenue, but they can't figure out how to hire coaches. And yet you look around and say, wait, why is there only one black head coach right now? And there's so many other organizations that can't figure out how to hire the right guy. Maybe because Eric BNME should be running somebody's offense. Maybe because Brian Flores see, should be coaching somebody's team.
0: See, there, there's where I'm maybe looking at. Maybe Byron should be coaching somebody's team. Maybe that should be solved. And BNME is a perfect example for me because when I look at the Kansas City Chiefs, you look, at, think about their history. In the time that Andy Reid's been – the head coach there they've had four offensive coordinators doug peterson who went on to be the head coach for the philadelphia eagles did win a super bowl um but was quickly fired afterwards after they couldn't kind of reconnect and make sure that, that that success was sustained. Brad Childress who quickly went on to other teams and didn't do as well, and then Matt Nagy who got a coaching job in the NFL, a head coaching job for the Bears, failed miserably and hasn't done anything since. So two of those three guys got out, got got opportunities to be head coaches. And and then meanwhile, the guy who's had the most experience and most success under Andy Reid as an offensive coordinator is now in his fourth year with the team and we're still unsure if Eric Bieniemy will get a chance to be in the NFL. Now maybe Eric Bien-Ami's just Waiting for Andy Reid to pass off the uh, the team, so he can inherit Patrick Mahomes. But we have not seen that. We've seen lies about he's turned things down, and this, that, and the third. Those have been proven to be false. I I look at this situation, and I see you just time after time. Brian Flores, Eric Bieniemy, uh, 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 Cam- Campbell with um with with the Lions. Um, like yeah. you you look at you look at just time and time again, guys. I mean, uh um the the the, bro- the brother with the Texans. David Cully. David Cully. time and time again, we see a guy's either set up to fail or not given long enough to uh, not given long enough to find their success. It, Jim, it, it's Caldwell. Some, Jim, Jim, Jim call. That's what I was saying. St- different th- th-
1: organizations.
0: Th- yeah. Yeah. Fire Jim was,
1: Caldwell after he yeah, won there. It, it,
0: it, it, it was a joke that he did. that. And it's something that I've, I, I've brought up before, but I think, you know, and this is what I want to end with is that, you know, this is more of the movie version that I that we joke about with. Remember the Titans when Denzel Washington's character gets approached by the principal and he's like, "Coach, I've been told that you're dealt been dealt a losing hand as the black head coach of this now mixed high school in the 1960s. That if you lose a game, they will get rid of you. They will find a reason to fire you. And that was just a movie, and that was based on a real life situation. But a even better real life comparison was with was, was Doc was was doc john thompson when he was at georgetown when he said you know when people were praising him because of his success and he was like i i actually hate it that i'm praised as if i'm the example that all black coaches could should be because i've gotten excellence i'm a national champion i've done things that uh, that most coaches in their careers don't do Black people should be black coaches should be allowed to be mediocre and fail and figure themselves out and be given that space to fix the fix the fix their coaching careers and to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes and build from them, like white coaches are given. All the time, and I think that's the bottom line in all walks of life when it comes to these employment issues, and then especially when it comes to NFL head coaching issues. We have people in Pittsburgh who still to this day think that Mike Tomlin should be gone because he because he hasn't won more than one Super Bowl, and meanwhile. In years where the Steelers absolutely should have had losing seasons, they shouldn't have been in contention. He has found ways to win. He has found ways to keep the the team's locker room together, to keep the team's culture moving forward. In a year where Ben Roethlisberger shouldn't have been given nothing to celebrate at the end of the year because the Steelers shouldn't have been in competition. But Ben Roethlisberger, he got that dude to the playoffs one more time by putting together a team with with an impossible roster, with plenty of holes on it, and found ways to win games. And yet, there are people, and you, and you, I'm not saying that Mike Tomlin doesn't deserve criticism. There's times in fourth quarter decisions I think I did I disagree with. There's times that you could say his challenges maybe wasn't the best decision. But the bottom line is he's still been a great NFL head coach. He has historical winning numbers, and he has done he has done what uh, above and beyond what head coaches have been asked to do in their times in the NFL. And people still want him gone if Mike Tomlin had even three losing seasons in a row I would still say you give that man time to rebuild to have some low draft picks and build a franchise around those low draft picks it's the same thing I say about most head coaches unless you're crazy like Adam Gase hey, Adam Gase is a guy I don't think should ever get another chance but again Adam Gase why did he
1: get a second job
0: how, how did he get a second year how why was, was Josh McDaniels job? getting a second gig I don't technically, know these this things, is his Josh. third
1: though technically this is his third job because he left the second one at the altar remember
0: right right Wait, that, that, that that's true he, he, that? He, that's that's that whole situation but point being this is this is a situation that brian flores is i think is uh is making a, a, a an impressive stand an inspiring stand against and i'm hoping it leads to better discussions and more informed discussions about what these problems are how they impact the nfl and how they can get forward the type of nfl the type of league and the opportunities that Dan Rooney wished when he and the Steelers pushed forward the idea of the Rooney rule. Josh, we got to leave it there because we're way over time, but thanks so much for joining me on the Locked On Steelers podcast. This is a great episode. We love having you here talking about these things. Let me know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work.
1: Josh Taylor, HD, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, best place to go
0: absolutely check him out he does a lot of great work for 93.7 the fan kdk tv do follow him on twitter at josh Taylor hd because he does great work i'm chris carter host of the locked on steelers podcast you can follow me on twitter and instagram at carter critiques you can listen to the locked on steelers show on apple spotify google Podcasts, odyssey and you can watch us on youtube hit the like button on this youtube video if you if you enjoyed it hit the subscribe button to get all of our daily content we're finishing up the week with jenna harner of channel 11 wpxi in pittsburgh we don't have games to pick really because it's the pro bowl and the senior bowl but we will give you an early look into the senior bowl we've been keeping eyes on practices this week and there's some interesting things to talk about who the Steelers are targeting we'll talk about that with you tomorrow right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast